My dad and I used to go fishing each summer, and the lodge we stayed at would always put scratch-off lottery tickets under everyone's dinner plate. I am not sure where there's better bang for your buck on the planet from a pure excitement perspective than a dollar scratch-off. One time when I was maybe 13, I won 26 bucks, and the owner of the lodge, a sweet man named Jay, asked if I'd like the $26 in cash or if I'd like 26 more dollar lottery tickets. I didn't miss a beat. I'll take 26 more tickets, please. My dad practically leapt out of his chair. Brian, take the cash. That's 26 bucks. Or at least do $13 and 13 lottery tickets so you can bank something. Nope. Lottery tickets, please. I scratched them all off, only won six more dollars, and then I took six more lotto tickets because I couldn't stand to settle for six dollars after potentially having 26, and I eventually ended up back where I started after the last six tickets busted. I remember thinking that the $26 could have gotten me a Yankee hat and tickets to a movie, which was great, but the top prize on the scratch-off was $250,000. There were a lot of ways I could pull together 26 bucks as a 13-year-old kid. There was absolutely no other way for me to end up with $250,000. I couldn't afford to not try. If the same thing happened now, I'd almost certainly take the $26 immediately, even though it means significantly less to 37-year-old Brian than it did to 13-year-old Brian. You'd probably take the money too. As we get older, loss aversion kicks in. It's harder and harder to pass up the sure thing, which is a real problem if you're an entrepreneur. Because the only way you're going to be successful is if you hit a bunch of those little lottery tickets. You don't win friends with salad and you don't build a great startup by taking the sure bet that everyone else also takes. You need to find what I call hidden lottery tickets and you need to buy a lot of them. These are the lottery tickets that will change your business and your life. The ones that pay off 10,000 times more frequently than scratch offs and the ones that just about everyone else overlooks. And we'll talk through them after a little smooth jazz. This is the Idea to Start a Podcast, and it is brought to you by the Tacklebox Method. It's our newest thing, a self-paced accelerator program for early-stage entrepreneurs. If you've got a startup idea and a fire under your ass, and you can't even wait a single another day before you get started, we'll guide you through it. It'll likely take you a few months, but you'll come out the other side with a business. We've got a deal for podcast listeners, which you can grab at gettacklebox.com backslash ideas. That's just no whisper ideas, all one word, to see the discount. Also, this episode is on lottery tickets, and if you've got some, if this podcast strikes something up in you, email me at brian at gettacklebox.com. I'm putting something together to help people optimize for them, and I'd love to hear from you. Back to it. I got married this past weekend, which is probably why my voice is a little scratchy. I bring it up not just to brag, but because it fits with the context of the podcast. I got married because of a lotto ticket. I didn't want to join Bumble in 2014 or whenever it was that I joined. There was a cost. First, my time building a profile, swiping, going on dates. Second, the opportunity cost of whatever I could have been doing while I was swiping and agonizing over which picture of me holding a fish would most likely woo my future wife. And third, my pride after swiping right on 75 straight people and getting no takers on my carefully selected fish photos. But eventually, I got someone to bite, and now I'll spend my life with her. Bumble isn't exactly a hidden lottery ticket. It's pretty obvious, and it's one that tons of people buy. And it does a great job of showing how you should think about lottery tickets through their potential for asymmetric return. 
For a scratch off, you put in a minute or two to scratch and a few bucks to buy, and you have the potential of 10 or 100 or 10,000x the return on your time and money, albeit at a very low likelihood. Bumble was probably tens or even hundreds of hours invested that'll lead to tens or hundreds of thousands of hours of happiness, a complete no-brainer. People who are successful in life buy tons of lottery tickets. The best entrepreneurs I've met buy them by the pound. And buying tickets is exactly how you should think about it. It's easiest to think about this if you give your time some monetary value. For math's sake, let's say $100 an hour. If something takes you 10 minutes, then you just bought it for 17 bucks. So if you spend 10 minutes reading ESPN.com, you probably wasted your 17 bucks. Your floor, or the worst case scenario, is extremely low. Nothing bad's going to happen. But your ceiling, the best case scenario, is low too. Maybe you find an interesting article, but it's unlikely to pay you back for the 17 bucks you spent, let alone make any type of a profit. If, instead, you spent the 10 minutes reading a book, you added a really nice floor. Knowledge, clearer thinking, focus, and a solid ceiling, which is combining whatever knowledge you learned with whatever you already know to potentially have a unique thought. Unique thoughts are good. And if you spent those same 10 minutes sending five cold emails to potential co-founders, you have a floor that's pretty manageable. Your worst case scenario is that no one responds, which isn't a big deal but you've got an absurdly high ceiling, which is that that person becomes your co-founder and you start a business that changes both of your lives. Lottery tickets have four variables worth keeping in mind. First, how much effort does it take? Second, what and how big is the payoff? This is sometimes really tough to predict. Third, how likely is it that it succeeds? Also hard to predict. And fourth, how many people know about the lottery ticket? This usually drives up the price, which means more effort, lower likelihood of success. And each lottery ticket will have the ceiling and floor we've already talked about. Which brings us to hidden lottery tickets, the ones you've got to uncover and buy to maximize your chances at doing something truly remarkable. The big problem with lottery tickets, whether hidden or obvious, is that most of them won't pay off, and we need to realize that's okay and build a system for it. I stuck with Bumble after lots of bad experiences because I knew that this was all part of the cost of that ticket. And I knew that the odds of success for Bumble were extraordinarily high if I just hung in there and stayed persistent. But we quit investing in most lotto tickets when they don't immediately work, even if the long-term odds are just as high as Bumble's were. One of my best friends, Jeremy, is a derivatives trader and a poker player, and his mind works in extraordinary ways. And those ways mostly work as he's got a World Series of Poker bracelet and he runs his own successful fund. Whether it's his trades at work or hands during a poker tournament, he takes losses completely in stride. In stride is even the wrong way to describe it. He doesn't even acknowledge them as losses, but more as part of his strategy, the cost of doing business in a way that can generate massive returns. He's constantly taking chances on things that have a 10% chance of working, but will yield a 300x if they do. And of course, most of these don't work, but one out of 10 does, and it more than makes up for all those other losses. When he loses at a poker hand, he'll often mumble to himself, it was the right play, because in the long run, that strategy will win more than lose. The ability to take losses as part of a winning strategy is core to being an entrepreneur. Most people can't stomach all that loss. It fogs over how sound a strategy they're working with. 
how you just need time and reps and the big returns will come. The key with lotto tickets is building a structure so that you can buy them consistently and you won't get bogged down with the losses. Since they'll have a low likelihood of working out, you'll need a lot of them and you'll need to be comfortable with a lot of them not hitting because most of them won't. It's got to be part of your strategy. Again, this means you need a system. People get their asses kicked for months on Bumble and they hang in there like Rocky against Mr. T because in the end, they know it has a great chance of paying off. You need to build a system to deal with busted lottery tickets so you can hang in there as well, so you can get hit, but know it'll be worth it in the long run. Because you'll never build something meaningful without a strategy that includes the potential for asymmetric returns. You'll never get off the ground. So now, let's talk about my favorite thing these days, vertical farms. I cannot quit vertical farms. I'm deep in the rom-com game with the wedding, and I feel like John Cusack standing outside Vertical Farms' house with a boombox over my head. That probably doesn't make sense, but again, it's been a busy week. Anyway, last week on the pod, I identified a problem I might have some insight into. If you didn't listen, the short version is lots of people are developing sensitivities to gluten, and everyone seems to chalk it up to those damn millennials canceling wheat or just generally being soft. What is actually likely happening is the newish suite of pesticides are the real culprit, not the gluten, which makes sense as pesticides are poison and gluten is just a protein. For the record, I was curious to see if there actually was an article about millennials killing wheat, and good news, there is. It's in a list written in a serious tone about all the things that millennials have killed, and wheat appears on the list right after doorbells. Who's there? Not millennials, apparently. So our idea would be vertical farms that made pesticide-free wheat that allowed people with gluten sensitivities to toss their bonsai out the window. And this is where lottery tickets come in. Tamara, our COO at Tacklebox, and I are both pumped about this idea and interested in pursuing it on the side. But we're just two people working a few hours a week, so we'll need to amplify our output. We need to do a lot of things that have a 10% chance of working, but will pay off huge if they do. This won't work unless some of our hours are amplified by a 1,000x. So we set aside an hour to brainstorm on lottery tickets using the following prompts, which might be helpful to you too as you get started. First prompt, make a to-do list of all the things you need to do in the next month. What one thing could you do that would make the majority of that list obsolete? For example, we wanted to have conversations with a bunch of people in the vertical farming world. So we have to-do list items for cold reach out, scheduling calls, and so on. But what if we instead reached out to those people and offered to host a fireside chat on YouTube where five of them discuss the next 18 months of vertical farming? We build credibility, we create content they can share, and we'd start a relationship by giving them something of value rather than asking them for something. That's a potential lottery ticket. Second prompt, act as if. We've talked a lot about acting as if on the podcast, and it is great for finding hidden lottery tickets too. It's good to start out with a goal when you act as if. So maybe I want to have conversations with 20 people who have gluten sensitivities, but not celiac. The prompts we used were, how would Steve Jobs or fill-in-the-blank great entrepreneur get those 20 conversations? How would someone extremely savvy on social media get them? How would a great growth marketer get in front of 500 people with gluten sensitivities by the end of the day? How would an event planner get 50 people with gluten sensitivities in Central Park this coming Sunday? We answered all of these, and we came up with a bunch of potential ideas for lottery tickets. 
Third core prompt, the two-week vacation. I'm leaving for my honeymoon tomorrow and I won't be working for a little while. How can I get something set up that runs while I'm gone? Something that'll work when I'm not working. A couple of ideas were I can set up a bunch of Facebook ads with a landing page and call to action to get on a pre-order list so I can come home with names to follow up with for interviews. I could also hire an MBA to cold email a bunch of vertical farm people and set up the conversations for me. Fourth prompt, amplification. How can I use my network to amplify my voice? I could write an email to my 50 closest friends telling them I'm interested in vertical farming and asking if they know anyone I should speak with. This is easy stuff. This is day one. You should have done this as soon as you had the idea. Next, I can post something to LinkedIn and get 25 friends to like and comment on it within five minutes to expand its reach. How else can I amplify my voice? Every tweet, TikTok video, Facebook post, these are all lottery tickets too. Maybe not hidden and maybe the odds are low, but with some strategy they can certainly amplify your voice. The prompt we often use here is smashing things together. So if you're great at ska music and you play a rendition of the Backstreet Boys, I want it that way, it'll probably get 10 million views with a good chunk of those being me. It's all about putting familiar things together in a unique way. From these prompts, Tamara and I ended up with a giant list of potential lottery tickets. If you're interested in the rest of our prompts, please feel free to reach out. We're also helping people with them as they go through the tackle box method. Next, we scheduled a weekly meeting on Monday morning where we decide on the lottery tickets we'll pursue during the week based on their floor-to-ceiling potential and the four variables I mentioned earlier. We look for a mix of high-ceiling unique opportunities and high-floor unique opportunities with varying feedback loops. We also reflect on the lottery tickets from the previous week and build on them. If 80% of our lottery tickets aren't failing, they aren't ambitious enough. We root for failures because it means we're actually taking a real swing. You can't build a successful business by putting one hour of work in and getting one hour of output out. You'll need some huge amplification hits, whether strategically with your network, building your team, or with your product. This will necessitate a lot of little losses. Not all lottery tickets are going to hit, but creating a system around hidden lottery tickets will give you your best chance. And if you do play a sky rendition of I Want It That Way, you damn well better email it to me. Until next week. This was the Idea Startup Podcast brought to you by the Tacklebox Method. If you've got a startup idea and you want to run it through our program, head to gettacklebox.com backslash no whisper ideas to get the podcast deal. See you next week.